In this episode, we are considering the 110th Psalm, which Jesus quotes in Luke 20. Jesus quotes this victory psalm in order to help his listeners understand how victory comes. This psalm and the Gospel of Luke declares that victory comes when we accept the identity that the Lord has given us and when we accept the location where the Lord has placed us to do the work of the Lord. In our 700 seconds, we are going to explore how to respond victoriously when struggling with authorities. You're listening to 700 Seconds in a Psalm with Dr. DJ Freemeyer. This is a production of djbiblecoaching.com. Let's turn to today's psalm and dive in. In Luke, the Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law, and scribes are exerting power over the people, and the people are being suppressed. Jesus challenges the powerful leaders. Having counteracted their efforts to undermine his authority, Jesus flips the tables and undermines their authority instead. To do this, Jesus uses the 110th Psalm, which is a victory psalm connected with David. By the end of the psalm, kings have been struck down, a head authority figure has been wounded, and armies have been slain. Yet nowhere in the psalm is there any mention of David's fighting prowess or strategic maneuvers or swift strikes that may have enabled this victory. On the contrary, this victory is brought by one entity. The psalm declares that the Lord says to my Lord to remain at your right hand. This naturally raises some questions about the identities of each of these characters. Who is speaking the my? Who is my Lord? And to whom is the your referring? Let's start with the my. The first possessive pronoun my occurs only two or three times in the psalm. The my actually occurs in the psalm whenever allegiance to the Lord is mentioned. The person speaking is claiming that this is my Lord. Many have said that the speaker is actually David. Still, part of the beauty of the Psalms is that anyone can pray a psalm, and thus anyone can say, My Lord. There is power in claiming a singular allegiance. And we do this all the time when we say things like, That's my team, or Those people are my family, or That individual is my leader, or That is my organization, or even my valentine. The power of saying my is that we are submitting all of our hopes and cares to whomever or whatever we label as mine. In the psalm, there is a singular devotion that the speaker is giving by saying, my Lord. And the psalm invites us to consider if we would do the same. Now, I realize that we might not want to say, my Lord, until we know the identity of that Lord. How can we claim allegiance without knowing to whom we're claiming allegiance? Well, sadly, the identity of this Lord is actually what brings the most debate. A Lord is someone authorized to reign. By using this word, which in Hebrew is Adon, the composer of the psalm was submitting to that Lord's reign and authority. In the psalm, the character called my Lord is someone who receives a divine oracle, that the enemies of my Lord will be made into a footstool. In the ancient world, a footstool was a piece of furniture used to help those who were too short to sit on high seats without their legs dangling. And some Egyptian artwork actually depict young pharaohs sitting on thrones 
with footstools supporting their short legs. Interestingly, depictions like the footstool of the young pharaoh Tutankhamun position the enemies of Egypt as forming the footstool, which communicates that the enemies are so weak that even a child could step all over them. That is what is promised to my lord in this psalm. So for whom do you think that is true? Well, before responding to this question, there is another clue about my Lord in this psalm that is helpful to consider, because the postures that my Lord is taking include sitting and staying at the right hand. The phrase right hand actually occurs twice in this psalm, and it refers to a position of authority. In ancient throne rooms, the leader who was given authority to speak or act for the ruler would actually sit at the ruler's right hand. Even today, defense attorneys are positioned on the right-hand side of defendants in the courtroom to indicate authorization to represent the defendants. So sitting at the right hand means authorization to speak on that person's behalf. To whom would you give authorization to speak on your behalf? Who would be at your right hand? Returning to the psalm, my Lord is actually sitting at the right hand of the enthroned deity, and thus has the divine Lord's authority. Yet this character, my Lord, is also positioned at the right hand of whoever is signified by the your mentioned in this passage. So who is it who would have both the divine Lord's authority and the your that is mentioned? Well, bear with me for a moment, because before responding to this question, it can be helpful to determine the identity of the your in the psalm. The psalm mentions how your can be connected with a mighty scepter from Zion, with enemies, with soldiers willing to offer themselves as sacrifices, with holiness from birth, with youth, with a divine oath, and with anointing as a priest forever after Melchizedek. Considering all of these features, I can see why most interpreters connect the your with God's people, because God's people receive the priestly anointing to be holy, and this anointing is how God's people reign among the nations. Thus, we can connect the your with Israel and any who are grafted into Israel. And that is exactly what the religious leaders in Israel during the time of Jesus thought as well. They heard these descriptions and claimed them as being theirs. They claimed to be the your. But that created a logical problem. Because to be the your is to have these victories over enemies. Then why were they not having victory? The conclusion of the religious leaders was that victory would come only when my Lord came. The religious leaders had heard in other scriptures how a descendant of David would come, defeat enemies, reign supreme, and bring prosperity to God's people. The religious leaders wanted victory, and since they believed victory would come through a descendant of David, they were looking for this Messiah. Yet the scribes went a little bit farther and taught the people that they would recognize the Messiah by the fact that the Messiah would be the one they authorized. After all, if the religious leaders were the your, then the Messiah would be at their right hand, and thus the Messiah would need their authorization. This is the place where Jesus flips the tables on them. Jesus knew how these religious leaders claimed my Lord as the Messiah, and so Jesus brilliantly points out where they went wrong. 
The leaders forgot that viewing my Lord as referring to the Messiah meant submitting to the authority of that Lord. Repeatedly in the psalm, there is mention of waiting and submitting. Submitting can be found in the call to sit, which is a posture of submission until being told to stand. Additionally, each of the signs of victory come by the power of the Divine Lord and in the Divine Lord's timing, which means waiting in submission is required. Even the reference to Melchizedek is a reference to waiting in submission. Since the Melchizedek mentioned in Genesis 14 waits for the Divine Lord to bring victories over his enemies through Abraham, and then waits for Abraham to righteously return to him what was taken. The psalm is about submission, and thus the religious leaders were actually violating the message of the psalm by being unwilling to submit. So in his question, Jesus is revealing that the religious leaders were refusing to wait in submission to the divine Lord, and thus had moved from being the your in the psalm to being the enemies. The enemies are the ones who refuse to accept the authority of the divine Lord or the Lord's anointed Messiah, the my Lord in the passage. Jesus, on the other hand, beautifully enacts the message of the 110th Psalm by sitting and reigning in the midst of his enemies until the one to whom Jesus was submitting removed the head of the enemies and placed it under the feet of Jesus. And Jesus instructs the people to follow his example rather than the examples of the religious leaders. Those of us who claim Jesus as our Lord should follow his example. Think about what Jesus did, even when the religious leaders were thinking up ways to kill him. What he did was to care for the people, to teach them God's ways, to love them with a divine love, to help those who were poor. How are you and I doing with these tasks? Rather than asking how we can struggle against the authority figures with whom we disagree, perhaps we should be asking, how can we serve our Lord as we wait for the Divine Lord to bring victory to us today? Right now, let us hear a prayer to the Divine Lord to bring us victory based upon this psalm. God, we pray to you, there is no one higher than you, God. But even with all your goodness that you have and share with us, we come to you holding heaviness, bearing grief, fatigued, facing hardship, and even battling evil. God, there are moments when we suddenly feel surrounded by it, unable to imagine a way forward. But you, you provide victory. You are relentless in your pursuit to make things right. Lord, would we see your victory. God, we are wanting to be made willing for your service. Would you help us be willing? There is no one like you, O oh God. Would you turn our weeping to dancing? Allow our hearts to find comfort in your presence, even in the midst of this war. Turn our hearts evermore towards you. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. In this episode, we have been considering how to submit to the Lord's authority. There are numerous examples of God's people who have submitted to the authority of the Lord and cared for the people 
as they wait for the Lord to bring victory. One such person in the recent past would be Mi Tosheng, or Watchman Ni, as he is known. If you're unfamiliar with him, Watchman Ni was a Chinese church leader who initiated numerous church meetings where he led and directed the people in what God was wanting for them. Recently, a resource based upon the teachings of Watchman Nee has been published in a book called Authority and Submission. I encourage you to examine the reflections of Watchman Nee and how Watchman Nee describes submitting to the authority of the Lord and what that means for his life and any religious leader who is present in the world today. Thanks for joining us for 700 Seconds in the Psalm with Dr. DJ Freemeyer. If you would like to have episodes delivered to you as they are released, then you can subscribe to the channel or at djbiblecoaching.com.